Hello and welcome to the World of Birds podcast. I am your host, Kayla Fisk. This is a podcast featuring the great diversity found throughout the bird world, including unique behaviors, adaptions, habitats, and everything in between to help educate others and inspire action to help protect and conserve these amazing species. In the spring and summer months, you may have noticed that not all baby birds are born with the same skills. Just compare a baby robin to a baby Canada goose. One hatches with eyes closed, barely any down fuzz, while the other hatches with a complete down, eyes open, and within the day is walking around alongside its parents. That's because different species employ different strategies for development. The robin would be altricial, which means they're born blind, almost naked, and completely reliant on parents, and so requiring extensive care from their parents. The Canada Goose, on the other hand, are precocial, meaning that they are independent shortly after hatching. Each has its own strengths and weaknesses, and have reasons for why that species evolution took this course of growth. So let's look a little more in depth with each of these categories. Altricials, like said earlier, are hatched with eyes closed, little if any down feathers, and they have little or no ability to really move around. When they first hatch, they could barely even hold their heads up, just enough to gape for food from their parents. Newly hatched offspring sometimes require to be fed every 15 minutes to keep up with the energy needed to supply their rapid growth. These species do rely completely on their parents for everything, from food, protection, and because they for the most part have little if any down, they even rely on their parents to keep them warm. This development is commonly seen in species such as songbirds, woodpeckers, pigeons, and doves. The benefit of this style, although it requires extensive parental care, is that the chicks grow very quickly. After a short incubation time of about 10 to 13 days, they can go from hatchling to fledgling in less than two weeks time. But before that time, the nestlings are extremely vulnerable to predation. So the sooner they fledge and leave the nest, the better they would be at avoiding possible predation in the nest. Although the downfall is that it is very easy to lose the whole brood instead of just a single chick to predation. Once they fledge, the parents will still provide care till the chick is fully independent though. Some also show a bit of a blend of the two although they can be categorized as one or the other. Semi-altricial birds, while still considered altricial, hatch with complete covering of down. They are still not able to leave the nest and still require to be fed by their parents and can hatch with their eyes either open or closed. An example of this is raptors and herons who hatch with their eyes open or owls who will hatch with their eyes closed. After that, you would have the species that would be considered semi-precocial. If categorized into two groups, these would be still categorized as precocial. These birds hatch with their eyes open, covered in down, and are able to leave the nest shortly after hatching, but they do generally still stay in or near the nest while continuing to be fed by the parents. This developmental style can be seen as an example in gulls and terns. Precocial birds, unlike altricial, hatch much more developed. They also usually have a longer incubation period than altricial species. 
Within a day or two of hatching, they're able to leave their nest, walk fine on their own, and depending on the species, able to swim. They also hatch out completely covered in down with eyes open. These birds are also generally able to feed themselves as they accompany their parents around who give them protection and extra warmth. While they may hatch much more developed than altricial species, they also grow slower and rely on parents for protection longer, sometimes for several months. This strategy allows for less chance for the whole brood being lost. Chances are only a few will get taken by predators. There are a few different little categories for precocial species, mainly with consideration of how the chicks feed. Some, like ducklings and shorebird chicks, follow their parents around but feed themselves. Game birds, such as pheasants, quails, and turkeys, also follow their parents around, but they are shown their food. Then there are birds such as rails, grebes, and loons that follow their parents but are actually fed by them. There is also another category here, and that is super precocials. These species are born with flight feathers and are sometimes even able to fly within days of hatching, like some grouse species, for example. But the most extreme example of precocial species is the megapode. They hatch with their eyes fully open, covered in downy feathers, and have a full set of flight feathers. Almost as soon as they hatch, they can run, fly, and catch their prey. They receive almost no parental care from the day they are laid, as they use a very unique way to incubate their eggs. Instead of brooding or incubating the eggs using the body heat from a parent, the megapode buries their eggs. They then construct a large mound of decaying vegetation where the male adds or removes material to regulate the temperature. From hatching, they are then completely on their own, but they hatch with all the skills needed to survive on their own. So why would a species evolve to choose one of these patterns over the other? The main contributing factors in this case are food availability and predation. Precocial species rely on the adult female to find enough food and resources to lay more energy-rich eggs to aid in the higher in egg development. It has also been found that precocial bird eggs can contain up to two times the calories per unit of weight than altricial eggs do. They usually also lay more eggs, and with offspring more independent, the chance of several surviving to adulthood is much higher. On the other hand, altricial females don't have the burden to lay such energy-rich eggs, but make up for it with a high demand of food for the hatchlings as they rapidly grow. This strategy generally has fewer eggs laid and raising them to grow and fledge as soon as possible, but with a downfall being that chances are that the whole brood is more likely to be lost than just a few individuals. And with that, I wrap up this little episode about the different developmental patterns of baby birds. Hope you enjoyed it and learned a few things about birds' life cycle. If you did enjoy this episode, please feel free to share it, leave a review, or follow this podcast on your favorite listening platform. And as always, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Kayla Fisk Birds. Thanks for listening, all you lovely bird nerds, and have a great day. Thank <laughs> you.